You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packer Night Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So, I don't know if uh, I don't know if this hosting company is jacked up, or if Aaron Rodgers gave me a shout out, or what. But um, typically, my goal for the day, in terms of how many people I want to listen for the whole day, uh, I'm already there at four o'clock in the morning. You ever have something happen? That's like really good, but there's like no way it's real. And you're just kind of mad, especially because it's four in the morning and you're really tired and you overslept and didn't have breakfast. And you're thinking, I'm not even going to have breakfast today because I don't have time. And I don't want to have to deal with people giving me false expectations that are not going to be real. Maybe like for single guys out on a dating website or something. And a very super attractive lady sends you a message. and You're like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I know that you would never talk to me. Nice try. Moving on. I know you can see my pictures. Not, no. Nope. This isn't real. You're just trying to get my routing number for my bank account. So anyways, I thought I'd share that for some reason. I don't know why. I just, I, you guys are like my therapist. I don't know. I just, whenever, whatever I'm thinking, it just, you know, there we go. So anyways, um, some, I don't know. I, what, you know what to do, right? We're short on time. Let's skip all that stuff. You, you can figure it out. Today what I want to do is sort of comb through the Facebook group a little bit. I had a couple extra little thoughts, but that's kind of where I want to go with this. I haven't even looked at voicemails or text messages in a bazillion years. Kind of do that kind of thing. So let us take a break. We'll dive right back into it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I don't know if you guys knew this, but this upcoming Green Bay Packers-Washington Redskins game has actually got some really cheap tickets. Now, there's a couple things I want to say about that. Number one, I think um, the Packers, who presumably are setting the prices on these, are kind of 
kidding themselves because what they don't realize is Packer fans love a good blowout. <laughs> this is the exact kind of game we want to see. So if anything, jack up the price on this one because I want to see another 31-13 to game. Number two... I don't want this to go too far in the opposite direction to where it's kind of a laid-back situation where maybe we don't quite sell all the tickets, maybe we don't super, you know, bring a lot of energy to the game. I know Aaron Rodgers has already addressed that, talking about, you know, let's get the the beer flowing a little bit early and start getting a little bit rowdy. I don't know if that's him saying you guys have been kind of quiet lately or what, but look, I don't care that it's the Redskins. The other good thing about cheap tickets is the the issue presumably is that the older folks with the season tickets are the ones that are the shushers and the young energetic folks are the ones that are doing all the screaming. Well, guess what? Young people don't generally have as much money, so this is exactly the kind of game that should have a lot of young Packer fans. should be real rowdy, real loudy. So if that's what you're about, go ahead and bust out that Vivid Seats app. If you haven't downloaded it, do that. It'll automatically enroll you in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, find you a ticket which has a 100% buyer guarantee, and when you're ready to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. And go win this one for us, man. We need you. All right, so let's start with Thursday night football, because if I'm not mistaken, today is Thursday. It better be. Let me check, or I will punch my computer and call in sick. It is Thursday. That's too bad. I was looking forward to at least one of those two things. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Got a little little tickle in the throat all of a sudden. Hey, you know what? Leave me alone. I haven't had a day off since Thanksgiving, all right? You don't know what oppression is, little boy. I am struggling over here. Poor girl. I, I don't... It, yeah. I don't want to call the ladies in the audience a little boy. That's, that's taking a little too far. I, I was just talking to the... You, you get it. Thursday night football, bada boom, is between the Dallas Cowboys and the Chicago Bears. This is going to be an awesome game. Not an important game, mind you. An awesome game. The NFC East doesn't matter, which in and of itself is awesome. The Eagles are a team that I do not like. I've rooted for them several times because I wanted them to beat the Eagles and things of that nature. But I I don't like their fans because they're rude and obnoxious. And I'm not a big fan of people that make make a name for themselves by punching and throwing glasses and whatever. Um, and the Cowboys, see, I, I'll be honest, I don't hate the Cowboys as much as everybody else hates the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys, but it's like, dude, people are still mad because of the 90s? Man, it's, I feel real bad for the Patriots. They, they will never be liked again. The, the Patriots are going to be the new Cowboys, except I don't know if they're going to have as many bandwagon fans that just stick around. I think they're all going to jump ship, and they're just going to be a hated team with four fans and an entire country hating them for at least 100 years. I mean, I went to my, I went to Thanksgiving, and my family is just so hateful toward Dallas, and the fans are so hateful toward Dallas. I mean, I, I don't like them. I especially don't like them when they're really good, right? Once Dak and Zeke and that offensive line, everything start rolling. It's like, man, I really don't like this team. But now that they're kind of bad again, it's like, you know, I just don't really care that much. I, I don't know. But I'm happy they're not very good, and I'm especially happy because they have the roster to be good. And they're wasting precious time because, as we know, things turn over a lot. There's no guarantee that things stay the way that they are. And the more that they keep pumping money into stuff that isn't working, the more likely it is this thing's about to implode. And as for the Chicago Bears, I've never had, I've, I've never enjoyed the Bears more than this year. This is, this makes me, 
about as happy. And I don't like saying that because I always make fun of Bears fans because my definition for Bears fans are people that hate the Packers whose second favorite team second favorite team is the Chicago Bears. But just I mean how good they were last year. How loud the fans were last year. How much trash they were talking. The fact that they got Khalil Mack, and I didn't think that was a good idea, but everyone said it was. How I said Trubisky wasn't good, and everyone said he was. Or at least that he took a step forward. How I said, I don't know how you can build a roster by spending way too much money and giving away all your draft pick. How do you not even have a team, but you go all in with nothing? And then they, then they almost it almost kind of worked, right? They, they got into the playoffs and then got smacked around. But they're already imploding. It's already over. One year, one little blip. And the thing is, last year, they were so much better than even in previous years when they were, like, decent for, like, a little bit of a run, right? Lovey got them going a little bit here and there. Obviously, the, the time they got to the NFC Championship to play the Packers, there was something there. But this this team last year was, I mean, the offense was solid, at least because Matt Nagy was dragging this this lack of talent around. But the defense, oh, it was good. Even amongst Bears defenses, this defense was good. And now this year, it's still pretty good, but it's not nearly as good, and the offense is just one of the worst things that's ever been. And so we're watching a Dallas team that last year was filled with hope, and this year is talking about firing their coach, something that probably shouldn't happen a long, should have happened a long time ago. Maybe Dallas and uh, Carolina will just swap. I mean, they won't, but I, I was even thinking that with the Browns. Like, these these are teams, maybe not Carolina as much, because I think Carolina's going to move on from Cam Newton after this year. We'll see, but that kind of, it's one of those things. You bring in a new coach, he's going to be an offensive guy, I'm assuming, because you want to get that going. And when you bring in a new offensive guy and you've got an older, banged-up quarterback, you usually want to bring in a new quarterback. I know that's kind of a drastic thing, and Cam will get snagged up in a second. He'll get paid massively. I'm just saying, I could kind of see it going that way. New head coach, you want to get him a stud. Uh, plus, especially this year, I'm kind of rambling right now, but they're only 5-7. and seven. If they continue to lose, which I don't know if they're going to lose to the Atlanta Falcons, but if they continue to lose, I know they got to play the Saints because that's one of the teams I really want the Saints to lose to, but they won't. they got a shot at a quarterback, like a, a, a good one. I mean, five wins isn't great. Tampa could end up winning uh, this week, which will put them at six. I mean, the Bengals and the Dolphins will probably... Although the Dolphins could win this week, and that'll put them at four wins. They're catching up. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of four wins. I'm, I'm just saying, it's an opportunity. Maybe. Maybe not. What, what are we talking about? The, the Cowboys and the Bears, right? So Dallas is falling apart. The Bears are falling apart. It doesn't really matter who wins or who loses. Um, obviously, because it's the Bears, I would love for them to lose. I know they have a lot of... A lot of hope for running the table. And, and to be honest, beating the Dallas Cowboys, despite all the dysfunction, would sort of pique my interest a little bit in terms of being a little bit afraid. Because they shouldn't be able to beat the Dallas Cowboys. That shouldn't happen. The Cowboys' offense has the ability to overcome a defense like the Chicago Bears and score more than enough points to stay ahead of this Bears' offense that just cannot score points. And the Dallas defense has enough talent to be able to shut down the Chicago Bears. I mean, they, they have played garbage teams. They're on a quote-unquote run, having beaten just complete trash. So it needs to stop today. And plus, we play the Bears, so it's kind of like, you know, eh, let's let's hope that this thing is really officially dead and gone. I don't, I don't want some kind of fluky thing where the Bears are legitimately having some kind of revitalization. Like, oh, great, here, here come the Bears again. 
They're already out of it. They're already done. But they're going to come just throw a wrench in this whole thing. We're going to lose to the Vikings, lose to the Bears, and just... I mean, we'll still be in the playoffs anyways and be better than the Bears. But still, get some kind of wild card thing where we lose to the Bears. That's just not... That's not good. On the flip side, however, because I don't think that's going to happen anyways, Chicago's coming to Lambeau and they're just going to get spanked. If Dallas were to lose, Dallas, well, see, then the Eagles would be in the playoffs, so it wouldn't matter anyway. So it would more or less just be happy that Dallas lost and kind of making fun of them. But for the most part, I know a lot of people really hate Dallas, but we, we, we kind of need Chicago to lose here. I mean, Chicago's in the division, so them losing also has implications, not just this week and the week that we play them. It has implications next year as well. The only other super long-term way to look at this for rooting for the Bears would be let's ha- let them have as many wins as possible to still not get in the playoffs so that they get kind of a garbage draft. Oh, they don't even have a first-round pick because their GM is so trash. But it would be a later second-round pick. But that's, I mean, it does just let the Bears need to lose. That's it. In fact, it would even be sweeter if they lose from now on and get kind of a high pick because then it's just like a high second and nobody cares. It does a little bit, but it stings a little bit where it's like, dude, we could have had a top 10 pick. And then Bears fans are going to start hating Mac because <laughs> what is he doing? And you just lost out on a bunch of picks. I should do I should do that. I want to know the picks that they gave up. So hilariously, the pick that the Bears gave up, and, and you know, maybe that, you know, when you compare it to Khalil Mack, fine. But they drafted a running back. They really wanted a running back, right? What pick was taken during the Chicago Bears pick? The Oakland Raiders took Josh Jacobs, who is currently, and I'm not even kidding, he is arguably the best running back in the NFL right now. Now, would you give him up for Khalil Mack? No. But let's also factor in the massive contract. By the way, they didn't have to take Josh Jacobs. Hollywood Brown was one pick later. Debo Samuel, I know they need wide receivers. Debo's having a great year. And again, this year, Oakland is going to get an unbelievable pick because the Bears are just completely just, you know, doing whatever they're doing all over the bed. And the Raiders are just going to dominate with this draft pick, which right now is sitting at 18, but that's going to be flying up the board pretty quickly here. I mean, it it just wasn't a great... I mean, had they won the Super Bowl that year, fine. I think the biggest issue that they had is that Trubisky's just not the guy. If you're going to go all in, you got to have the pieces... And granted, they had a lot of the pieces, but what did they have really on offense? They had a decent enough offensive line. They had Jordan Howard, who I don't know why they decided to get rid of him. He wasn't elite, but he wasn't bad. Well, he didn't fit the system. What system? Run the ball. He did a good job. I don't know. What do you want? Not a good enough pass catcher? Dude, you got you got Cohen. What are you crying about pass catchers for? Tariq Cohen is one of the better receiving backs in football. What? What are you talking about? Well, whatever. You you wasted your one third-round pick, which wasn't even a third-round pick. You had to trade up and give away more draft capital to move up into the third to get your running back, who hasn't even been that good. So congratulations. Garbage GM. Granted, I liked the guy, but if I only have a very limited amount of picks, I'm not going to give away some picks to move up and get a running back. Trash, dude. Man, how is time going so quickly? We're going to have to... I don't want to be done talking about this, but we have to be. Unless I call in sick today, I'm just saying. Whatever, let's take a break and we'll get into some more stuff. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I can't find the message. I, I thought it was on the Facebook page, but I can't find it. There's too much stuff, man. There's stuff everywhere. But somebody had asked the question, and I said I would respond to it. Maybe it was Twitter. Nope, not Twitter. Where did that go? It's annoying. Anyways, the, the question was something, I'll try to do it justice, but essentially, would it be, I'm trying to think how to phrase this, because it's going to send a lot of people into crazy town, try to take the, the edge off it. Would there, eh, I also don't want to lie about what he said. Basically, would we ever consider trading Devontae Adams? The main crux of the argument, if I'm remembering properly, essentially being that when he's on the field, the Packers offense doesn't look as good. So the first thing I want to say is I, I don't mind questions like this, and I'm, I'm kind of getting annoyed. Um, I'm always annoyed with Twitter, but the amount of people who love just beating a guy to death on Twitter because he has a take, like what's his name, Ian something, who said something to the effect of Aaron Rodgers with his low interception percentage being a negative because he doesn't take chances. <sighs> I mean, I don't agree with it, but so what? Can a guy not think through some stuff? The, 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 the constant, we all have to think the same or we're, we're going to kill you. Get in line with us or, or you're dead. It's, it's this cultish garbage. And then everybody else wants to be, you know, get some clout points. So they're going to jump on the guy, retweet him, drag him, beat him. Dude, he... I don't, whatever. I, it's, it's dumb. Let people have thoughts. Even wrong thoughts. I don't care if you have wrong thoughts. As long as you're not actually physically hurting somebody, I don't really care. And this person rightly sent me a message in some kind of private fashion. I don't know where it went. Because if they would have put it on Twitter, they would have had to have deactivated their account. It would have just been this onslaught that would have made it all the way up to Devontae himself. And you would have had Packers retweeting it and calling him a clown. and Just because the guy's got a question. And it's not entirely illegitimate. It's not the conclusion I've come to. But there is a question of, do things get worse when Devontae's around? Here's my general thought on it. I think there are times when Aaron Rodgers trusts himself entirely too much and trusts Devontae too much. If you listen to what he's said in press conferences and things, specifically addressing the question of why is it on, for example, second and six or third and two or whatever, you throw a 20, 30-yard pass. And his answer essentially is, I make a a determination pre-snap. I, I generally don't like that, but but you understand it to a degree, right? You got a linebacker on Devontae or something crazy. So he sees it and he's just like, oh yeah, that's where I'm going, no matter what. So he'll check out of the run on third and two and say, I'm throwing to Devontae. Well, he drops back. A safety comes crashing down on Devontae to get some quick double coverage. He sees that. Now he's got to look away. He doesn't have a plan B. Or he does, but it's just a bunch of guys that he didn't expect to be open anyway. So now he's scrambling around. He gets sacked on third and two instead of just running the ball or taking an easy easy completion. So there is some possibility or some kind of way in which Devontae kind of hurt, because that wouldn't have been the determination. And you can get defenses to kind of bait Rodgers into doing the wrong things by making it look as though, 
a receiver he likes because he is very good is a really good option, right? Maybe not a linebacker, that's extreme, but maybe our second best corner or whatever. Or we give a look that says, yeah, you should probably throw over here, and then we take it away right away. Or maybe it's not quite as open as you thought it was going to be. So now it's like, oh, shoot, we got to go somewhere else. And again, had Devontae not been on that play, or Jimmy, or it doesn't have to be Devontae, it could be Jimmy, right? Oh, we got our linebacker, or our tight end covering, being covered by this linebacker who can't do anything. And then Jimmy slips or just can't get open because... Jimmy just, you know, whatever. And suddenly it's, oh, shoot, plan B, what's plan B? Look over there, he's not open either because obviously I don't know what to do, scramble, throw away. This didn't go very well. However, I don't think that's Devontae's fault, and I know you're not saying it's Devontae's fault, but Devontae is one of the few things that's really, really good. And the, the problem with the Packers isn't that Devontae's on the field, it's that the offense doesn't know how to use him properly and are, are, are misusing him in these kinds of ways keying in on him too much can have consequences. And I think something as simple as saying, all right, you're right, this is a very good primary, but we need to start developing a really good secondary. If this is taken away, what are we doing? And generally, it's the what are we doing on the other hand that isn't there. And and, and so let's let's run this out even, even a little bit further. And I'm not saying I know this, but let's just say, let's say on the first drive, this happens third and two, we're keying in on Devontae. I looked at Devontae, he's not there. And so I look away right away, and everybody's covered, and I take a sack. So next time we come out, and it's third and four or whatever, and I'm Keenan on Devontae, and it's a one-on-one, and he's covered. Now, let me ask you. You're Aaron Rodgers. You're very good with the football. Devontae Adams is a very good receiver. Were you not kicking yourself last time for not just giving him a chance rather than trusting that Geronimo was going to get open? I'm thinking there's a good chance that you're thinking in your head, I'm not even going to look over there. I'm just going to throw to the guy this time. So he throws it. It's an incompletion because it's really tight coverage, and we, having seen the play, look at it and go, oh, look who was open. Why didn't he go over there? He was. A- Aaron Rodgers has to make a decision, and a lot of times he's going to end up being wrong because he, just, he has to make those kinds of decisions. There are times when going to your second and third receiver doesn't super pan out, and I think a lot of these complications are coming because when he goes to his number two receiver, he's not open. When he goes to his number three, he's not open. When he looks to his tight end, who should be you know right in the middle of the field, kind of quick throw, he's not open, or he doesn't do anything when he gets the ball. So trust is a big problem, and, and it's not just that he trusts, trusts Devontae too much, but also that he doesn't trust these other guys enough. So I hear what you're saying, and it does actually on some level make a lot of sense, despite the fact that, you know, again, great decision. Don't ever put that on Twitter. Don't ever put that on Facebook. Although I know somebody's going to put that on Facebook now just to be funny, because the Facebook group is, you know, it's a better place to be. If you're a listener and you're on Twitter and you want to be able to have some thoughts, people are going to make fun of you, but, you know, you're not going to get reported to me for saying that. Join the Facebook group. And if you're in the Facebook group, I understand we have some positive people, some negative people. That's awesome. Those are all just different perspectives. Don't let the Facebook group turn into Twitter where you don't let somebody think anything. Right? Somebody says something dumb, you tell them why they're dumb. Don't just start name-calling and everything else. Just be like, nope, here's why you're wrong, boom. Right? That's how a discussion works. I shouldn't have to explain this to adults, but I'm going to. Because I've seen Twitter filled with adults. They don't know how to talk. Football players don't know how to treat people. Blue checkmark professionals don't know how to treat people. They're a bunch of elitist people that, that, that annoys me to no end. Somebody that's having the worst day ever just getting kicked and dragged on Twitter. It's like, oh, I want to jump in on this. I need some clout. Just get the low-hanging fruit. And I'll get a bunch of likes and comments. That guy's dumb. And oh, it's going to be great, man. 
What do I care if this ruins the guy's entire career? I don't care. I want a little extra clout. Leave him alone! Or at least refute him in, in a more professional kind of way. Like, I see what you're saying, but here's why I don't agree with that. And some people did. They did a good job of laying it out, right? Like, his high-risk throws are actually really high. Boom. Debunked. Right there. Done. But man, you got some people just like, he is just the worst person. Shush. Stop trying to be high and mighty on Twitter. Go spend time with your kids. Bum. That stuff drives me nuts. So no, I'm not on, on board with trading Devontae. And another, another positive of that is he's about to get massively paid. However, he deserves it. We need If, if we're going to be a very serious Super Bowl contender, it's not going to happen without Devontae. A really good quarterback who is getting up into his late 30s. A good running back. A decent offensive line, no tight ends and no wide receivers, that doesn't get you anywhere. What we need to do is build on it and grow, and I think the biggest way to help the offense as a unit, because this is what you're addressing, is the fact that the player is good, the unit is not working. And I think the bigger issue with the pro- with the team and the unit and the offensive system isn't Devontae's messing it up, it's the fact that we don't have a legitimate number two, and that includes tight ends and wide receivers. And we do have a little bit of help with the running back. But I, I genuinely think, and this could be proven wrong, and it doesn't mean you're not, this happens no matter what. Quarterbacks are going to key in on their guy no matter what, and it's going to hurt you on occasion, but it's going to help you a lot more than it's going to hurt you. But get him some more legitimate weapons outside of Devontae so that if it's covered, he can go to his number two and trust that there's going to be somebody open. Right, look at the tight end. Okay, he's covered fine. Let me check out this other wide receiver. If we get a real good group of guys, or at least guys that are a little bit better, there's going to be a little bit more trust, and it's going to work out. So let's keep Devontae, pay Devontae, go out and legitimately put in some effort in finding, whether it's in free agency, and I know people say we don't have any money. We do have a little bit, and we should probably cut a few people, save up a little bit more money, Jimmy in particular. And we'll talk a lot more about this in the offseason, going through the, the contract and all that, but contracts. But, um, yeah, that would be my preference. Man, I'm already out of time. This is not making me happy. Um, What else? What else? Facebook group, quickly. Uh, Joshua, McCarthy's going to be coaching the Panthers next year. That could be. right? We're looking for an offensive guy. And, and McCarthy's in a prime position. I mentioned on this day in history not too long ago after McCarthy was fired that he's going to find another job. I think it makes a lot of sense. I know he was looking for work, but to take some time off. Because what a lot of these guys need is some time to actually, especially a guy like McCarthy, because he's so stuck in the... 2009 2010 way of running an offense he needs a year to really just look at what teams are doing and to get that modern perspective and and again as long as he has passion that's going to be the biggest question because I think for McCarthy part of the reason he wasn't continually innovating like a guy like Andy Reid who I think Andy Reid and McCarthy are very similar in terms of being very competent intelligent coaches Andy Reid's still a grinder right he's still innovating he's still at on the cutting edge and I think McCarthy you know in a sense was coasting the question is, okay, you've been grinding all offseason. Do you still have the passion and the energy to be able to run an offense, these more modern offenses, but then next year continue to innovate and continue to innovate and stay at the forefront? Not like, okay, I built a new offense, this is it, and this is all I'm going to run for the next five years until I get fired. But if he can demonstrate that, I think McCarthy should be the top of a lot of people's list. So let's, let's look at this thing from Jason here. I've only read about one sentence, so hopefully it doesn't devolve into something horrible. As I look forward to the playoffs, I would predict that the Packers maintain the number three spot and will play either Seattle, San Francisco, or Minnesota at home in the first round of the playoff. That makes sense. Uh, the one thing I should point out, it's not 100% guaranteed that the Vikings are going to be in the playoff. I mean, it's, I guess it's not 100% guaranteed the Packers are either, but um, it would make me very happy if the Vikings just missed the playoffs altogether. 
and uh, watched for the Rams in particular to be able to swoop up and take that spot. Moving on. I worry about the Vikings because it's not easy to beat the same team three times in the same season. I see what you did there. Very well done. The Niners just beat the brakes off us. Would I rather play them in Lambeau on a cold day with revenge and memories of an early loss? I think Seattle is our best shot to the second round in this scenario. Don't get me wrong. If we can win out and get a bye long shot, then that would be much preferred. Anything can happen. So happy to be on the verge of the playoffs after two years of being terrible. I don't really care about the division title. Yeah, the, the, the division title really only matters because people don't want to hear it on Twitter for an entire year. People don't want to hear Vikings fans going off for a year on Twitter. That's it. And, and Facebook. That's the only real reason. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Nobody looks back on how, how many division titles the Packers have won. The only time that comes up again is when you're talking with Bears and Vikings and Lions fans. And nobody really talks to Lions fans anyways because they don't super exist. And they don't talk a lot of trash because why would they? But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, this is why the first round bye, I think, means so much, because I don't want to play any of these teams on their home. Minnesota's very, very hard to beat on their home turf. Seattle is very hard to beat on their home turf. The 49ers, for the Packers, are very hard to beat on their home turf. And so, you know, it, it, let's say we do get the number three, then okay, I guess that's going to be at home for the first round, but then wherever we go after that, we're on the road. This is why I think the first round buy is so important, because I do not want to go on the road to face San Francisco or Seattle. The only one that I can think of that doesn't super freak me out, although it's going to be still horrible and very hard to win, would be the Saints. That one doesn't bother me as much. Feels like kind of a classic shootout type game. Both teams have offenses that can be potent. I know we're worried about the Packers, but also have revitalized defenses, which the Saints were really hot for a while, and the defense is slowly drifting, and the Packers are, you know, really good at times and not super. So it's, so it's a similar kind of game. It's in a dome. It's not the West Coast. If I had to go on the road, it would be against the Saints. Problem is that probably wouldn't happen, but, you know, I don't know. First round bye would be important, but at the end of the day, it always comes back to just find a way to win. If we're going back to San Francisco, that's horrible, but just find a way to win, please which would probably be the worst scenario because it, it, I really do worry about the whole Shanahan just has his number thing. If we could avoid playing San Francisco, that'd be great, even in Lambeau. Let's see, Josh Sitton's going to retire a Packer. I was kind of upset that he ever left, but I understand not being able to pay the guy and all that kind of stuff. So kind of an interesting question from Dylan. Um, the, the first sentence I read, and it was like, oh, come on, man. Is, is Pettin hiding his defense for the playoffs? Now, just without elaborating, because it does make more sense as you go on, but the, the broad idea that he's going to hold back the defense for the playoffs, no, because we need to be winning these games, right? I mean, you don't want to come to find out that, well, he was holding back against the 49ers. That would be kind of insane. But kind of just deleting that whole first sentence, here's kind of what he is asking. Packers were able to get pressure last year with not much talent due to Pettin's blitzes. Last season, we blitzed nearly 30% of the time, which is 10th in the league. This year, we're only blitzing 23% of the time, 26th in the league. We all know Pettin can dial up some good blitzes. Do you think we're going to up that rate come the playoffs, maybe even in Minnesota? So here's sort of the reason why I think that's happening. We had to dial up crazy blitzes because we weren't getting any pressure, but Pettin doesn't want to do that because it's going to leave your secondary more, more vulnerable, and his whole thing coming in was to be able to cover the path. That's why, as soon as he got here, we couldn't do, run defend anymore, And but the coverage was a little bit better, at least for a while until that fell off, which is classic Packers defense. They look real good early and then just don't do well after that, which is why from now on going forward, I'm never 
getting excited about a Packers defense in the first four weeks because they're always really good and they never maintain that. Anyways, does that mean that he's not going to dial up some... I, I don't think it's actually impossible. And, and you mentioned Minnesota, which isn't the playoffs, but that might not be a bad idea simply because the teams aren't expecting. And we saw how we beat Minnesota last time. We really got inside the head of their quarterback. Now, if we don't need to do that in order to have him have a really bad day, fine. But if they start getting into a rhythm or something, just dialing up some crazy blitzes and just going completely off the wall because it's a super important game to fluster a team that just is not expecting the Packers to blitz, you know, back up to 30% or whatever it is for, with corners and linebackers and everything else, I don't know that that's the worst thought. Now, again, he, he's doing what he wants to do because he thinks it's the right thing. And if he doesn't want to blitz because he wants to make sure he's doing better in coverage, then we're just not going to see it. And I do think that's the case. But maybe getting a little bit more aggressive at times and against certain opponents, I think that's a possibility. Anyways, I hate to do it, but I'm already 10 minutes past. I didn't do anything yet. So I got to go. I guess we'll call it a little bit early. But uh, tomorrow we're going to start looking at the Washington Redskins. We're going to kind of just look at them broadly. And then Saturday we look a little bit more in depth. Sunday is Sunday. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it is. So you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.